And with that, I say welcome to Geeks with Kids, your bi-weekly geeky podcast. From a parenting point of view, I'm Eric, and I'm the host this week for episode 125. The Batman one. I don't think that's going to be the actual title of the episode, but we'll figure it out. Well, we'll do it in post. Yeah, exactly. Joining me this week is the lovely Matt Moore and Hawk. Hey, guys. Hi, hi, hi. There's no one else here. That's fine. Oh, no, wait. We have Nick coming back. Hey, Nick, how's it yeah. going? Hello, everyone. My name's Nick Mailer. I'm the staff writer, film critic for Fucking Friends on Film.com, lifelong bat fanatic, and just uh, glad to be back. And then we have someone new. We have Gus. Gus. Hi. Gus, Gus. Hi. How are hey, you? Oh, you know, you know, it's nice having people on here. Some new people to give some life into this. Uh, Fresh blood. So it's not Jesus, just- you know, I'm bringing the oldest guy in, right? <laughs> yeah, man, man. You're older it's- than me for my what? Like a year, two years? Yeah, probably that? a couple years. How old yeah. are you? 43. Oh, oh yeah. yeah so a couple old. years. Oh, God. So. You're so old. You're so close. To I death. know, right? Like, fuck, I got to go now. <laughs> well, the Hawk is also 30. old, too. <laughs> Hawk's a spry 37. Don't even play. <laughs> you should see his face. It's so happy right now. Yeah. For you to say that. Uh, <laughs> this is why we don't put photos of ourselves up on the website. So no one, we, we, we need caricatures of us on there. That's, that's oh, what we need. Lord. That's what we're going to do. Anyway, as we do with all new people, Nick's, Nick's old blood here. So we don't need to introduce him. We know him from before. Gus, who are you? Who the hell are you? Why are you here? What is your 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 nerd cred. What's your geek my cred? nerd cred? Okay, yeah. well, justify here. yourself. <laughs> well, I can't, so I'm gonna leave now. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really a poser, but you know, no um, geek cred. I don't know. I uh, grew up in a household of nothing but comics and Star Wars. I don't know if that for much. My that, kids live yeah. on Funko Pop figures, and uh, I don't know. We still sit around and. Star Wars, just the original trilogy, because everything else has been crap since then. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. There is there is no other movies. Exactly, exactly my point. <laughs> Dropping so, bombs uh, already. Yeah. Been kind of one of those, you know, playing around with, you know, watching the Big Bang Theory and thinking, oh my god, that's so me. Or, oh, you know, so just those, Except like, I'm funnier. Yeah, well, funnier looking maybe, but oh, oh, oh. give yourself some credit, sir. So, but yeah, it's pretty much it. I'm, uh, you know proud dad of a university age daughter and a just about high school age kid who Ooh. is a real pain in the butt sometimes but it's all good but has are always pains in the savage butts. sense of humor <laughs> yes he does <laughs> his almost high school age kid broke my entire cast off <laughs> yes, really? he did. oh yeah this is, this is a story for later or now <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll, I'll segue into it it was no it was when we were because gus was also in the the production of rocky horror that i uh that i just finished directing he was my riffraff, as opposed to Eric, who was my riffraff, you know, eight years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And Gus's son uh, attended the show closing night because, you know, it's his kid and he's allowed to do it. And he'd been forewarned of what the content was, so I didn't have to feel bad about it. Exactly. It's, it's your kid. You can do what you want. They should have known the show by then anyway. <laughs> oh, well, and bless his heart. He found moments of absolute silence to give just some choice. And in my experience, never before heard call outs. <laughs> that literally broke everyone on stage. Absolutely. And actors that had been listening to abject filth for like three weeks, solid. <laughs> and then you just hear this delightful, like 12-year-old kind of high-pitched voice just saying these things that are yep. like borderline shocking. <laughs> and then everyone on stage just kind of stops and goes, you can watch all their, just like, oh God, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty fun. Oh, it was pretty fun. I was pretty proud of them. <laughs> <laughs> it, was the highlight, it was the highlight of the whole run. I think so. Well, for me, it was. 
So I was talking to Matt a couple days ago, and we were talking about old segments that we used to have on the show because we used to actually do different segments. Like we would have a, a news of the week, blah, blah, blah. And then we moved to a sort of a themed episode. But, you know, it's always nice to bring new things back. We were, we were talking about things that we're currently obsessed with or things that we're, we're really enjoying right now. So we don't have a name because I've been calling it What's Your Young? Nope. And Matt just says, nope. no, no, he's not liking that. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> hip, hard hip with the lingo. So we got to figure out something new for that. Um, so I'm going to ask you, what are you currently really into? Nick, let's start with you, sir. I'm big into audiobooks. I uh, I got an Audible subscription, and I also like to listen at double speed to rip through them fast. The only thing I'm into right now, uh, I just saw Martin Scorsese's The Irishman, which is a movie I'd been waiting 10 years for, and I had just read the book twice on uh, my audiobook app. And so... Um, that's really all that I'm focused on now after like until now, just tonight shifting into bat mode, but uh, it's, it's a friggin' masterpiece and it's going to be on Netflix in a couple weeks. And I think everybody should watch it like several times. Is it getting a, it's getting a theatrical release. Is it not? It's in select theaters right now. I had to go to the Tiff Bell light box yesterday to check it out, but uh, it will be uh, streaming on the 27th, but yeah, it did get a limited theatrical run. Give it the, give it the limited run so that it can actually be Oscar contention because of the, the Netflix argument, but yeah, that's smart. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Maybe I'll head up to Toronto to see it. Guys. That's one of those films I'd love to see on the big screen. And I assume it's one of those ones you should see on the big screen. Yeah, and that uh, that building has some state-of-the-art uh, theaters, so it's, it was definitely worth the trip. Nice. nice. All right, Hawk, what are you into right now? I think oh. I know what you're into because... Oh. Yeah, I've seen you since Friday, and I know it came out on Friday. <laughs> you so. guys are actually keeping me from it right now. I have oh, packages no. to deliver. <laughs> <laughs> the, the most, the most intense delivery boy in a video game ever. The best delivery boy sim ever created. Uh, Death Stranding. <laughs> uh, Hideo Kojima's uh, long anticipated first project in his own independent studio. Uh, it is just. Some kind of bizarre masterpiece, and that, and I'm only just scratching the surface of it. Not, the storyline is just weird. The dynamic, you know, it's such, it's a great break from the usual run and gun fight kind of thing. Yeah. So um, instead, you're just running and delivering. So running, you know. you're not <laughs> running anywhere. You are traversing, basically. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So. I assume you're going to do a review for us eventually, yes. right? Yes, I need. I really need to get more. I do, I've only got about six hours into the game so far in that. So, you know, I think when I hit the 20, 30-hour mark, it'll be time for a review. All <laughs> right, so next weekend is what you're saying. Cool. All right, <laughs> Gus, you're muted, but uh, what, what are well, you... I'm not what now. Are you, what are you into? What am I into? Well, now that I just finished the run for Rocky Horror... Um, Sleep? Would, Sleep is what you're yeah, into? That <laughs> and uh, probably going to start binging a little bit of uh, Criminal Minds. Mm, nice. So now that, uh, now that I've got a bit of freedom in my schedule, start to kind of go back and binge through to get caught up because the joys of having been a cable cutter for so long, I'm now like, oh shit, I got to go and start buying some box sets. <laughs> so here we are. Just, so, is, is it not on any of the streaming services? It, I, assume, uh, I feel like it would be. It's not on Netflix or Crave, so... Yeah, it's a CBS. Wasn't it a CBS show? I think think it's on CBS All Access. I'm pretty sure it's on uh, Prime as well too. Oh, it could be. I just haven't. Yeah, I haven't had time to to look. So honestly, I've never seen the show. So oh, you know what? It's a great. Oh, it's yeah. I think it's a great show. I don't need to get. I don't need to go down another rabbit hole. I just started. (laughs) 
that's you'll the start, problem. It's, yeah, it's a rabbit hole, right? Yeah, you'll start psychoanalyzing it. everyone you meet. It's not <laughs> yeah. I just started watching Flashpoint, so that's the rabbit oh, hole. Okay. Yeah, started, yeah. So anyway, Matt, you tell me, what are you into? This is your segment. Um, you, I'm going to be the counterpoint to Hawk because I just, I actually just finished uh, two days ago Borderlands Three. Ooh. Uh, actually made it through with I think I'm at 78 percent completion on the whole thing. I'm just going through post quests now just to kill time and play around with the DLC that they just dropped as well too. So that was you guys are f-ing nerds. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, but no, I did that and to celebrate that and to celebrate Rocky Horror finishing. I picked up uh, the Other Worlds today. Ooh, oh, that. I look forward to. Um, it's really cool. It's what Mass Effect Andromeda and Fallout 76 should have been. Fair. That's if fair. you took those two games and bashed them together, you get the other worlds. Is the is from what I can find with four hours oh, yeah. of gameplay in so far. Very, you, very cool. Are you still on the first planet? Oh yeah, I haven't done okay. I haven't even got the ship working yet. That's like, fair. That's <laughs> fair. Nice. You you have some fun uh you have some fun stuff ahead of you. Oh um, sure, yeah. I just I got to the point where I was so tired that I was I would like pass out while I was playing it and then just get shot and wake up and be like, oh, I died again. Neat. Uh, cool. I'm going to have a nap now because, you know, I'm old. <laughs> and it's because all that whiskey you've had. Uh, yeah, anyway. whiskey. Uh, that, that plus, you know, still still binge watching uh, RuPaul's Drag Race UK on Crave. <laughs> nice. <laughs> fair. I don't care. It's awesome. Fair, fair. Nice. nice. I'm um, For me, I've been playing Steve's Game of the Year, which is Control, right. which, you know, we talked about in an episode before, so I don't really need to get into it other than to say it's pretty much a Star Wars game if uh, you had a gun and you weren't a Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. It's, it's really fun. Um, I've also been, um, I've been trying to get some things done for our next season of Geeks with Kids. Um, cool. Planning some people and planning some stuff, writing a theme song for our, you know, our show next year because, you know, it'd be nice to have something new and our original. Own theme song. I know, right? And you know we have we have our end of the year episodes that are going to be pretty big. So I want to reach yeah. out to some some people, maybe get them in live to talk with us on Good. this internet type deal. Um, speaking of um, getting people on, we had a couple of guests on, and I wanted to thank them again for coming on and giving us their suggestions for horror films. Every, the guy, the guys from Everything Is Permitted, the lovely podcast from the the south. The south is the states because we're Canadian. They're not really that south um, from us. Um, and the the ladies from Rosemary's Ladies, they gave us some great great suggestions and Spears, obviously. Um, so hopefully we can get them on, maybe actually live like with us, so that they can converse with us for maybe our end of year episode i will send them a note our christmas episode yeah i think our christmas episode might be the star wars one but i think the one after the new year's one is going to be the um you know the, yeah. the big one we'll, we'll talk about it as we get closer to that time all right let's get into the the main meat of this episode we're going to talk about the bat himself he's celebrating his 80th birthday this year which is pretty crazy to think of uh he was created in 1939 by who nick Mostly Bill Finger, but Bob Kane gets credit. Um, he was there. Bob Kane was there. <laughs> Bob Kane was there. Yeah. Uh, Bob Kane came up with the, an idea for a character called the Batman, which looked like a standard superhero with a domino mask and some big bat wings. 
Um, the design changed to the familiar look we have now, but Bruce Wayne, uh, a lot of the character elements and everything that makes us recognize Batman is who he is, a lot of that came from uh, Bill Finger, who only just recently started getting official recognition for it. I remember seeing his name show up in Batman v Superman yes. and being like, yes, finally he's on screen yes. somewhere getting that recognition. Um, Bill Finger also created the, the amazing like backstory of yeah. Bruce Wayne, like getting his parents getting shot. So everything that you like about Batman, Bill give that man, Mr. Finger. Well, that sounds wrong. Bill yeah. Finger, <laughs> <laughs> the props that he deserves. Um, so he's one of the Holy Trinity of the DC superheroes, him, Superman, Wonder Woman. Um, he's been around for such a long time. He's one of the greatest, um, superheroes, at least one of the most popular ones. He's been adapted for several forms of media, including television uh, and films, both animated and live action. Probably uh, after some silent films, the most famous uh, early one was the William Dozier television show of the 1960s, where he's portrayed by Adam West. So Batman is set in the DC universe, and he's the alter ego of Bruce Wayne, a wealthy philanthropist and owner of Wayne Enterprises. As a child, he witnessed the murder of his parents, Thomas and Martha Wayne, which led him down the path to becoming Batman. He operates in the fictional Gotham City with the help of a myriad of characters such as Alfred, Commissioner Gordon, and his Bat family, Robin, Batgirl, etc., etc. He's the world's greatest detective and uses his intellect and Bat tech to take on one of the best rogues galleries, which includes the likes of the Joker and the Penguin and the Riddler. So let's now talk about our exposure to Batman, how we first got into the Cape Crusader. Did you watch the TV show? Did you watch a movie? Did, how did you get introduced to this character? Let's start with Mr. Moore. It was 100% pure West. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, uh, as a kid, it was the, the reruns of the, the old Adam West, Burt Ward uh, television series that uh, YTV up in Canada ran all the time. Uh, For me... I, for me, it was city TV. <laughs> nice, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was that, and it was that, and then fairly followed by the uh, the movie version of that TV series, which was just a wacky, amazing romp of insanity. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that was that was what really got me into it, and then you know followed very shortly by the release of the Tim Burton Batman film. Yeah, yeah. I was also in that camp with the the Adam West Same. Um, yeah. TV shows, and it was it was it was amazing watching it on YTV because they have the cliffhanger one day, and the next day they'd show a totally different episode. <laughs> different episode, yeah. Didn't connect with the one previous series. Just like, I guess they got out of that uh that mishap. They didn't go into that boiling water or that pool of piranhas or whatnot. Uh, um, maybe they did jump that shark. Good thing he had his anti shark repellent. Oh yeah. Yes. So, some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Uh, <laughs> the TV used to do the whole hour in that, so they play yeah. the, fir the first one and then they give in, jump into the next one. Yeah, well, I honestly TV don't even remember when City TV had it on there. Was that before my time? Probably. Because I'm so much younger than you, Hunt. Right. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Ain't nothing but a number. I don't know. Um, yeah, what about you, Gus? Mine was probably similar, but I was also, uh, I mean, my first, my parents bought me a costume of Batman when I was, I think, four from oh. like Mexico or something. And I would just fly around the house because I was Batman. I just intuitively, I guess, knew who Batman was. Yeah. Um, but it, uh, for me, I think the Super Friends was like a really big influence, right? Watching those cartoons yeah. forever and ever on Saturday mornings. Mm. Um, so I think that was more my exposure. And then again, dovetailing into the 
Batman TV show, followed by Green Hornet, and then off yeah. into yeah. that yeah. land. Exactly. Yeah. I never got into Super Friends. I had a bunch of their toys as a child, but it never yeah. it it if I don't recall it ever being on TV when I was younger. Yes, being much I'm, younger than you guys. Because I'm so much older than everybody else, right? <laughs> Back when oh, you used to have to animate it yourself. Yeah, I know, right? It was a little <laughs> flip book. That's what I did in my <laughs> Um, did, um, did it, uh, as a bat fan going off this Adam West thing, did you go off into, um, a different medium afterwards? Nick, how about you? You started with the Adam West one. Did it, um, get you to read anything or? Well, yeah, I mean, my first Adam West was my first Batman. Um, I sometimes get, uh, get some shit from the true geeks because as much of a geek as I may or may not be, I never really read a lot of comics. But for me, um, I was like three when the Tim Burton Batman came out. And I don't remember when I first saw it, but after um, the, the Bill Dozier Batman 66 show, during most of my childhood years, it really was Batman the Animated Series. Um, mm-hmm. which was a really, really big deal. And um, a lot of my, uh, a lot of my kids come from, you know, that and Saturday morning cartoons and stuff like that. So, but as far as other, um, uh, like another medium, it might be interesting, action figures was, I remember some of my earliest memories of playing with Batman toys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there were a lot, for sure. Um, especially after the animated series came out um, and the Tim Burton ones. They had a surprising amount of exploding uh, Batmobiles. Yeah, I, I remember getting a Batmobile for Christmas when I was really young, and I remember that was like the big thing. Like that's what I wanted more than anything mm-hmm. was a Batmobile. Yeah, um, I remember when uh, Batman Returns came out and became that missile. Mm-hmm. That was like the big thing that I every that, kid yeah. wanted. Yeah. Did oh, you? Yeah. Oh my god, I'm so jealous of you. I never got it. <laughs> You're the only person I know that has ever had it. <laughs> Dang, that's so cool. Uh, Matt, yes, what did you go into? When was your first comic? I know you're a big comic book reader like myself. Uh, the Bat comics, I actually didn't really get into them until very way, like way, way later in life. Um, it was actually when I was in my 20s. Hmm. Um, what, well, do you remember the well, story that got you into it? Oh, The Killing Joke. Oh. Hands down. Killing Joke was what brought me in. Um, hmm. Because I, I was a big mark for the Joker as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Joker and Riddler, but especially when you're looking at the 80s, Riddler got like no play uh, yeah. in merch. It was just not a huge, wasn't a thing. Uh, yeah. So it was very much just, it was a lot of a lot of Joker stuff, which I'm still dug because it was, you know, it's a crazy evil clown that kills people. That's hilarious. Yeah. Even though I never really read comics at all, I can say there's a very small handful of comic books that I have actually read. One of them is The Killing Joke and one of them is Dark Knight Returns. Ooh, yeah. Both good ones. Those are the what good ones. You, yeah. What about you, Hawk? I know you like comics as well. Yeah. Um, my earliest kind of, actually my earliest kind of interactions with the Batman comics were from my older brother and he would always always go for those those ones that just they look like I wasn't supposed to be reading them at that age so uh-huh. like you know Frank Miller the Dark Knight uh, Returns yeah. uh, and then like the Killing Joke uh, the one series I do remember because I remember I, I absolutely had to collect my own uh-huh. you know copy of it and that was the four issue run of the cult I probably talked about this before in that, but you know, that was kind of one of those seminal Batman comics for me. I don't even remember what that one is. It was a four-issue limited series. It came in like a graphic novel format with these great raised uh, uh, covers. You know, sure. they looked very dark, and the storyline was ex- was probably one of the darkest uh, Batman storylines I've ever read. Hmm. 
Nice. Crazy. Um, Gus, did your love of Adam West uh, and Super Friends branch off into something else? It actually, I read comics quite a bit as a kid. Um, my dad would go out and buy boxes of them. So we'd get whatever you'd get in there. So you'd get Batman, you'd get whatever other heroes, Archie, whatever. So, um, ep- or series wise, I'm not entirely sure. I know that the one I remember the most is probably Batman year, year one. Um, as, a, as the sort of, I guess, ultimate one that I can remember. Um, But um, I mean, again, it was one of those things where, you know, you'd read through them and you just wanted to be him, right? He was the, the hero because you, you didn't have to have powers. You were just that damn good. Right. Mm, Fair, fair. I think I'm, I think for me, I think I'm more like Nick. I I sort of branched off onto the animated series because it was so, we were that age, right? Yeah. Um, So it was, it was definitely targeted at us and it, there was a it was a maturity in an animated form that we don't we wouldn't get at you know at that age or at least mm-hmm. in that time you didn't see that in anything else and I was in high school at the time it aired and I still remember watching it yeah. and being like whoa this is yeah. not just for kids it's not it's not Super Friends right it, no. it's something yeah. no exactly it's proper storytelling um, I think that sort of leapt me off and I ended up getting uh, Nightfall was my first comic book. So that was, that was that was sort of a bad one to start with. Wow. Batman Bruce Wayne wasn't really there. <laughs> he sort of, you know, broke his back and then <clears throat> we went from there. But let's branch off. Let's let's jump off of this animated series. There's been so many different portrayals of Batman in different types of media, sort of live action. Um, who wore who wore the cowl best? Who who? Let's start with Nick. Do you have a favorite? I can, answer, I, I can answer that question like literally who literally wore the cowl the best <laughs> yeah. without question. like physically so it looks without like him is, is Batfleck because no other actor has had the chin that Batman deserves I was <laughs> just going to say that yeah. his chin is amazing I, I personally uh, I love Ben Affleck as Batman, and I think it's an absolute shame that there exists a three-hour cut of Batman v Superman, which is a great film, and most people have not seen it. Um, it really does make all the difference. It was Zack Snyder's intention, uh, original cut of the movie. It's it's it was released as the ultimate edition. Um, but I I have a running joke that. Any Batman actor who is referenced, I will refer to them as the one true Batman. Um, because that really, <laughs> there, is, there is a lot to love about pretty much everyone. I mean, Adam West, um, Michael Keaton was great. Uh, for the lackluster Schumacher films, I, I didn't mind Clooney or Kilmer. Christian Bale obviously features in the best Batman movies they've made so far and there's a lot to like about his portrayal um but i mean if you're gonna really put a crown on somebody it has to be kevin conroy i agree yeah yeah Yeah. that to me is the the ultimate if you pick up a comic when you close your eyes you hear his voice in your head yeah Yeah. his voice and um mark hamill's joker the absolutely absolutely all the time yeah okay <laughs> i'm trying to think of how how we went oh, through all and, of that oh and will arnett will arnett <laughs> yep. yeah. yeah 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 um does anyone else have a different batman as their top See, i think for me i think that uh bale is probably visually to me the best embodiment of him he is his mm-hmm. his build his demeanor as both 
Batman and Bruce Bruce Wayne, I think was yeah. spot on. Yeah. Um, but again, Kevin Conroy, as soon as you close your eyes, that's what you hear. Yeah. There's just no, that's Batman. There's just yeah. no, yeah. if fans are butts about it, I think. Yeah. Sorry. 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 Yeah. All right. So for me, Bale, but most especially in Batman begins, um, I felt he was a little underused as, as a Bruce Wayne character in the subsequent films. But for me, like for Batman Begins, I, you know, that was a Batman we had never kind of seen before in that. We've always gotten Batman, you know, after he's, you know, experienced, he's been at the job for a while and that. So it was great to see his journey kind of like really, you know, pulled off and that, especially by, you know, Bale at the time, who was, I couldn't have imagined a better actor for it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that movie, um, is a real big deal, not just in, in the sense of it being like the first really well done origin story as far as a superhero goes, but that movie is why you hear the word reboot every five seconds. Uh-huh. And it's it was the first one that really popularized that idea mm-hmm. of taking a familiar property and ignoring everything that had been seen before, starting fresh. And the very next year, it happened with Casino Royale, and mm-hmm. you know, so. I, I think Batman Begins as a film is on par with The Dark Knight. I really do. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. What about you, Mister Moore? Well, I was gonna say I have a I have a very unique one where I actually have a, a hybrid Batman that I'll just I'll posit this for everyone's thoughts and just go with that. If you take Kevin Conroy's voice and you put him on Keaton's actual portrayal of Batman with Affleck as Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. that to mm-hmm. me is like the the perfect combination. Yeah. That's interesting. Nice. Affleck is Bruce just, Wayne. Hmm. Uh, he was one of, honestly, since he was one of my favorite Bruce Wayne's. Really? Yeah. Um, and Kevin Conroy himself said that Ben Affleck did Bruce Wayne and Batman's duality the best. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, and it's this will be this will be very weird. My favorite example of that duality isn't even in. It's in a very small cameo. It's the a cameo that he had in the end of Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah. Where he has that one moment where he's having the conversation with Waller and he goes into the Batman voice when they're talking. Mm. And up until then, he's very <laughs> casual. Then all of a sudden, he just, yeah. like, his voice just drops. You're like, oh, damn, okay. Yeah. And then, you know, they never really followed that through with the other movies, but that's another yeah. story. Yeah. But, but I especially like Keaton's intensity when he played Batman in that original, the original Burton film. Yeah. Yep. Like, again, there wasn't a lot of banter, there wasn't a lot of talk. He was very just fo- laser focused on stuff. You put that with Conroy's voice, that's the perfect Batman mm-hmm. portrayal for me. Mm, nice, nice. Because again, I, Conroy yeah. is and always will be the voice of Batman. Yeah, pretty much. I, I'm 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 on the same page as all of you guys with yeah. the the Conroy. I'm looking I'm really looking forward to his portrayal as old man um, Wayne in the upcoming Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yes, that's gonna be yeah. Cool. CW. Yeah, I'm looking Good. forward to it's gonna be like a month away. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so finally getting seeing Con- <laughs> Kevin Conroy live portray. And having that voice is going to be incredible. At least yeah, it yeah. will be for me as a as, as a lifelong fan of him. Um, yeah. We had this. We had, I had this thought. I was talking to someone about Batman, um, actually on Batman Day in September, and they're they're talking about how some some actors are more Bruce Wayne or more Bruce Wayne like than mm-hmm. Batman. And I think they were talking about George Clooney. Like he was the perfect. This is Playboy. not my words. It's his. <laughs> if you picture one person in real life now, that would be like Bruce Wayne, at least the persona Bruce Wayne, not the actual detective part. Yeah, you'd be like that would be George, uh, George Clooney's life. 
him yeah. going around with models and being charming. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Batman and Robin is awful in a wonderful way. I mean, it's a terrible yeah. movie, and it's my favorite bad movie. But I've <laughs> said it time and again: there's nothing wrong with George Clooney's performance in the movie. Not at all. No, no. He, he did a great job with a garbage script. Yeah, yeah. He did what he could, unfortunately. Yeah. And mm. it'd be nice to see him take on that role in a more serious manner, but. You know, I doubt we'll see that, unfortunately. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. All right. Well, um, the bat's only as good as his allies. No, that's not true. Um, but I do like the bat allies. The bat family is, is one of the, the most unique yeah. things about the Batman and his friends. Um, are there is there one person that personifies that ally for you? Let's start with Mr. Moore. He's, he's shaking his head. Oh, you're, oh, you're going to start with me. I'm going to get everyone riled up with this one. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> Good. I, I do. And it's funny because the one that I chose actually shares uh, a later category we're going to talk about. And that's oh, Jason Todd. Good. That, I love Jason Todd. I think he's a great character. Um, I think, why? why? Why, Matt Moore? Who's well, Jason Todd? Jason Todd. Jason Todd was, uh, well, if anyone doesn't know who Jason Todd is, they're going to be really confused by this episode. Uh, Jason Todd was. The, the first replacement Robin after Dick Grayson grew up and moved on and became and ultimately became Nightwing. He, he was brought in as a, another ward of uh, Bruce Wayne, uh, but he was uh, a, little, a little more impulsive, a little more, shall we say, self-destructive in his methods. He didn't follow the straight and narrow path that Dick Grayson had uh, and ultimately supposedly met his demise at the hands of the Joker in the seminal death, uh, death in the family arc only to later on, uh, found out that he did not in fact die. Uh, and he actually came back as the red hood. Yeah. Uh, who became a sort of, uh, con- contentious ally of Batman, but a, a wonderful kind of counterpoint because he had all the same training that Dick Grayson had, had and Batman had had, but he, his methods were a little more extreme. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he didn't have the same uh, aversion to killing his opponents. Yeah, yeah. They, there was a great animated uh, movie from DC a little while ago um, that did the, the Red Hood story. And it's, yeah. yes. it's, it's wonderfully done. Uh, Jensen Ackles plays the Red Hood. And mm-hmm. I think he would make a wonderful Batman as well. I think he has mm-hmm. the chin. The, the yeah. chin that is also important. Um, he actually posted a picture of him as Batman uh, for Halloween. Huh, but nice. you know, I think Jason Todd is a great character. Um, yeah. I look, I like that he's on mm-hmm. Titans right now. And yes. that, that's the the Robin that they have. They actually have yeah. they have the chronological Robin on there. Yeah, that's very cool. He's, Anyone he's else like, like uh, Jason Todd? Thoughts on him? I love that uh, under the Red Hood animated film. Um, and props to like the actors who've done Batman in some of those one-off animated films. And that one, it was Bruce Greenwood, you know, Peter Weller in The Dark Knight Returns. And so, uh, and I think Neil Patrick Harris was Nightwing in that. Yep. Those those animated DC movies are really, really good. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Hockey, you were, you were jumping in too? <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I've been really digging Jason Todd's portrayal, on, especially in the first season of Titans and that. Yeah. Uh, you know, he makes a an amazing yeah, first absolutely. appearance. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He's uh his his first line or his his 
famous line in the first episode of the second season also is quite funny. Hands <laughs> are back, bitches. Um, he's he's quite good, and they actually gave him like some depth on the TV show. He's he's not as um brash as people think. Like he there, there's yeah. some underneath. They're there, building him nice. up. Yeah, they're building him up a little bit, which is good. They're yeah. building him up so that they can blow him up later, right? I don't oh, know. Oh sure. Why exactly? Right? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Well, they got to do something because at the end of the season, Glenn's performance right? as Bruce Wayne is pretty abysmal. So you don't like him? You don't like <laughs> I'm not name? a fan. I don't know. Ian Glenn. I'm not a fan oh, of man. you know accents that aren't. He, he also seems Bruce fairly Wayne. old for Batman, but <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Um, let's see. Let's let's go to who else? Gus. Who who's your favorite ally on that front? Oh, I'd have to say Alfred. I don't know. He's just, oh, he you always. Did. <laughs> Sorry, he's just—he's always been there, and he's always—he's that constant. And I—I I, I will say, I think Gotham hits it right on with this. He's really the dad, right? And he's really there to cover and you know do the things that have to be done to make sure that Bruce Wayne can become Batman and keep it running, right? And so I think I, to me, he's—that's probably my my ultimate guy nice nick did you want to go off of that <laughs> yeah i know Sorry, gus, is, gus, gus is absolutely right batman's greatest ally will always be alfred pennyworth and um I, I something about batman begins that they did that they hadn't really done in previous films was that father-son relationship that i think is so important um and uh, michael kane was brilliant and oh yeah uh, Bat, bruce wayne is is, is lean is walking such a fine line between insanity and genius and living his life that is just completely destructive without purpose. And Alfred is the one who's always there to, to say the right thing and to, you know, stitch him up and whatever. And like, he, you can say things about a lot of allies in the Batman family, but without Alfred, Batman could not exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. Is anyone watching Pennyworth, that TV show? Not yet. I'm, no. I'm giving it some time before I try to dive into that right now. Yeah, it, I, I just wanted to see if anyone had any thoughts on how his portrayal as a younger Alfred would be, no. especially with the, the young Waynes as well. Um, so I guess it's something we're going to have to check out and see that if he's done properly. Um, with the news of Andy Serkis playing the next Alfred, anyone yeah. have any thoughts on that? I, uh, what? Yeah, I'm, uh, I, I'm with you. I think that when they announced, they announced those two actors side <laughs> by side, and I was convinced <laughs> that they just transposed who was playing what. Because they announced Andy Circus and Colin Farrell at the same time, and I assumed that Circus would be playing the Penguin, and that they get Colin Farrell to play Pennyworth, which would be in line with Pattinson's, you know, Batman. I mean, it'd be a slightly younger Alfred than most, but not much. Hmm. If you go, especially if you go off like the the uh, Jeff Loeb portrayal of Alfred, where he wasn't yeah. that much older. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but uh, I think it could be interesting. I don't. I don't see Andy Serkis as an Alfred, but that doesn't mean he can't do it because it's Andy Serkis, and I don't know if he can actually do anything wrong on screen. No, I, um, that's fair. I'm surprised <laughs> by your reaction because uh, Andy Serkis is without question the greatest actor in the world, and yeah. I I immediately thought, oh, okay, sure, he'll he'll be a great Alfred. Um, you know, um, I um, this this new movie, The Batman, uh, which you know. Uh, the, the first and only thing that made me kind of interested in it 
uh, after Ben Affleck left was the fact that the director is so brilliant, Matt Reeves. Yeah. And everyone flipped out about the announcement of Robert Pattinson playing uh, Batman. And, you know, Robert Pattinson yeah. is a fine actor and he's yeah. over six feet tall. Uh, that's all that really matters. And so far, well, and especially because people have, people flipped out when they announced Keaton as Batman, when they announced mm-hmm. Christian Bale, everyone loses yeah. their mind when they announce an actor as Batman until they see them play. And then they go, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And I, Affleck's a prime example, right? Yeah. Everybody went really. And then I he knocked it out of the park. And I think there's been some really inspired casting choices with the movie. And Paul Dano as the Riddler is brilliant. I think, such a mm-hmm. good choice. Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon is brilliant. Um, yeah, I do not understand Colin Farrell as the Penguin at all. I don't get that. I don't see that. I like Colin Farrell. I just, I don't get that. I, I think they're either going to do something crazy with some digital CG to change him up. Nope, not. Or they're, or they're going to portray him as Emperor Penguin. All right. So, and that's the only way that yeah. if they don't do a lot of prosthetic digital they have to do him as emperor, otherwise it's just going to look dumb. There have there have been some thin representations of the, uh, the yeah. penguin, well, right? actually, like the other emperor. than the emperor penguin thing. But you know, I'm mostly nervous about it because of the storyline that they said that they were going to be basing it on because they're basing it on Long Halloween and, and Hush, was, right? And that was like and Hush, and that yeah. was like OG penguin where he was you know the small quacking arms dude <laughs> so that's why i'm like i don't see Colin. that's why i was like when i heard that i'm like oh they've cast circus he's perfect for that role yeah, yeah. instead they're gonna give me colin farrell i will i will wait and see it because i'm sure it'll be something they have a, they have a plan and i trust they have a plan mm-hmm. And either way, he's probably not going to be in the movie that much, so I'm not that worried about it. We'll see. Um, I think, I, I don't know. I wonder which uh, version of Alfred they're going to go with uh, Andy Serkis, like the dry, witty one. or I think it'll be you know. similar to Gotham. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I have, you know what? Honestly, I have not seen much of Gotham. I saw the first two seasons, and then yeah. it sort of weirded out for me. Basically, the Alfred, in, and it's kind of the trend, like the newer portrayals of Alfred, picture a retired James Bond yeah. who used to serve that's how i always pictured him to be to be honest like they really when when they did that uh, in in previous storylines they talked about his mm -hmm. spy pass so yeah yeah there's this uh sean pertwee's portrayal on gotham they really it very much was they he was a retired mi6 that the waynes had had hired as their butler but he was their butler slash their personal bodyguard that's amazing um i'm gonna do a side note for matt reeves the director who's uh who's doing the Batman movie. My friend actually worked with him on a film and he said that his planning and everything that he does is so meticulously done that he, I, I have no doubt that this movie is going to be good. Uh, he worked oh, with sure. him on Planet of the Apes. The, mm-hmm. the first. He, he is what it all hangs yeah. on. Like those last two Planet of the Apes movies are way better than they have any yeah. right to be. Like they're friggin' mad, near masterpiece. And, and they'd already said that this, the, this Pattinson Batman, it's, it, it's designed as a trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. If, if he's and the same, it was the same with the planet of the apes where, you know, he, he had plotted out three movies. Well, he didn't direct the first planet of the apes no. movie the rise of the planet of the apes. That was somebody yeah. else. But when he came on, he, he upped like, the ante. I right? honestly, yeah. Yeah. 
I honestly think Andy Serkis should have won the Academy Award for Best Actor for War for the Planet yeah. of the Apes and for Dawn for the Planet yeah. of the Apes. But instead, they gave it to uh, Gary Oldman for being the sixth best Winston Churchill. <laughs> <laughs> that was the wrong time to take a drink. Thank that you. was the Thank perfect time to take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go to our next ally, or at least, Hawk, do you have another ally or is it Alfred? No, I had actually an underrated one. Uh, Let's see how underrated it is. Let's go. Barbara Gordon. Oracle. Nice. Uh, Not just Oracle. And Batgirl. 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 Yeah, one of the ones who's kind of like Robin, uh, like Dick Grayson and that, was drawn into that uh, Batman's cause, almost like the cult of Batman. Mm -hmm. Uh, Suffered a terrible tragedy at the hands of the Joker, Mm -hmm. uh, and yet still continued to serve him as Oracle later. Yeah, uh, and not necessarily for her, for him, right? She did no. it on her own accord. Yeah. Um, didn't she start doing Oracle without um, like Bruce? Like, I'm pretty sure he didn't want her to continue on after yeah. that action, yeah. from what I remember uh, from the comic. Um, yeah. I, I I love Barbara Gordon. I think she's a great character. When they redesigned her a couple years ago with the purple outfit, mm-hmm. like she was such a breath of fresh air in the Bat uh, universe. Oh, uh, the on the '66 show Batgirl was like a huge crush. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of other nice. yeah. Um who who portrayed her in the in the I 60s? can't remember. Oh I, I can't remember her name. Uh processing. Processing. Batman, uh let's see. Processing. Am, uh, it is yes. Yes. Is it Barbara something? Barbara Eden or something? Was that her? Yes. Was it her? Was it Jeannie? No. No, that's not right. Barbara Eden was no, it was Yvonne Craig. That's there it. it is. Yeah. Yeah, the name's in front of me right now. As soon as you said that, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah wonderful portrayal there. Um, she was really good on, I don't know if anyone watched the Bird of Prey TV show from the early 2000s. I have the box set in my house. <laughs> that's amazing. I didn't even realize they did that. Oh, um, yeah. It's the old one <laughs> season. It's like eight episodes, and most of it is real questionable. Yeah, but there were some good choices. Like they had Mark Hamill uh, do the voice of the Joker when they shot uh <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it, was, yeah cool. it was like a, a 10 second cameo it was actually just his laugh you don't actually hear him say anything yeah 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 um and then didn't was, they, uh, they're 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 grooming yeah. the, the villain to be harley quinn yeah it was no right. it wasn't they were grooming was it actually her yeah sarah played harley quinn is anyone else blown away by the birds of prey trailer yeah yes. new one yeah yeah uh, it's stylistically I mean, incredible it's um, it, i think it's gonna look very good i'm i'm nervous about Black Mask. I like yeah, that character, I'm, but I'm, hopefully I'm, they so, do. No, so do I. That's why I'm nervous. Yeah. Because there has not been a screen, like even the the Gotham portrayal of it was not great. No. And it's a really tricky character to get into without going into like a lot of detail. I feel like Ewan McGregor, if there was someone who could portray Black Mask yeah. properly, yeah, absolutely. would be him. Like he's got the... Yeah, I don't want to say finesse. That's a good way to kind of look at You know, that. he has that. He's so pretty. He is so pretty. See, yes. for me, the thing is, for me, Black Mask. I always kind of look at Black Mask as the anti-Batman because yeah. they had they have similar upbringings and just you know, Roman goes really bad and Bruce goes really good. Yeah, yeah. him and Hush also yeah. very similar. Yeah, McGregor's got the you know the, an easy charm to him, and so he and that's just yeah, exactly. a, yeah, a war businessman. Yeah. There, there was one hmm. casting thing in that that I remember thinking, oh, that's weird. Oh, don't they have a really young Cassandra Kane in it? Yes. 
That's, yeah, that's I believe odd. so. Yeah, that's that, that's a that's a neat thing to do. I don't yeah. know. I, I, it, it looks really neat. Uh, the casting mm-hmm. seems spot on, or at least really yeah. good, despite the Cassandra Kane comment I just said. Um, no, it'll it'll be an interesting movie for sure. Yeah, um, it's going to be nice to see Renee Montoya. Well, wait, Montoya. Yeah. Montoya, yeah, I was right. Montoya. Um, be more of a main character in a movie instead of yes. being a side character in the in the Bale movies. Yeah. Did anyone else want to talk about um Batgirl and Oracle? Like I think she's such an interesting character. Oh, she very much is. Yeah. I guess you have, you know, yeah. again, a lot of the same a lot of the same bat training, but also the police connections of Tim Gordon. I hope that she shows up in the Birds of Prey movie. She's so central to that group that uh or at least I always assume she it's does. it's again it's it's really tricky because if they bring her in, you have to explain her because she hasn't appeared in any other continuity. So then you have to explain her, and they've made it pretty clear that the Joker is not going to be a factor in that movie. Yeah, I am going to issue a prediction based on something I saw this might like quite a long time ago. Yeah, there is going to be in the Birds of Prey movie. There's going to be a flashback scene where Harley and Joker break up, and there is going to be somebody else playing Jared Leto's Joker, and you won't see his face. Yeah. yeah. Just like uh, the Superman in um, Shazam. In Shazam, exactly yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I could see. No, that. I I buy it. It makes well again. If you're gonna, if they're dealing with the fact that she's no longer with Joker, they have to explain why because it's the same Harley Quinn from Suicide right. Squad. Yes. What possible reason would you have for breaking up with someone like the Joker? <laughs> <laughs> well, not that there's no reason behind it, but they still like it's because yeah. he. It ended, the, that movie ended with him breaking her out of jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so sure. they have to then fill in the blank between her getting broken out of jail and her being like, "I'm not being with, I'm not yeah. with him anymore," and trying to turn her into a character that becomes now this sort of, you know, I guess yeah. anti-hero it's, kind well, it's, of. It's the perfection they kind of set up in this in the Suicide yeah. Squad where she'd already kind of had that blast of good, mm-hmm. but it's still following that train of thought. But again, you have to. You have to acknowledge the one character they said we don't want in this movie. So yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. How are you going to do that? Yeah, yeah, interesting. I wonder if she, I wonder how much of the center stage she's going to take in the Bird of Prey movie. Even though it's going to be entirely her centric. Yeah. It's a Harley Quinn movie. Make no mistake. Yeah. About it. <laughs> they're they're using her to bring in the other characters. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The movie I'm, is called Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It is true. Hopefully, well, I'm going to go back on this Oracle thing. I'm hoping at least some sort of mention, even if it's just over a radio, like an earpiece that they're like, mm-hmm. okay, Oracle, like a little. Yeah, they'll you know, probably they'll probably bring her in in some capacity in that. It's just I'm not sure what it's going to be as of yet. Or that'll be your post credit scene to lead yeah. into the next Mm-hmm. you know sequel to that movie yeah yeah, yeah exactly well the, 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 after that harley quinn is back in james gunn's suit the suicide yeah. school yeah yeah so yeah yeah fair um i'm gonna go off one that i'm surprised no one said and uh, he's probably my i think one of my favorite dc characters and it's dick grayson nightwing mm-hmm. yeah. um, i like yeah. them as nightwing more than i like them as robin um sure. and even more so as agent um grayson than nightwing he's had such a good um, character arc in the comics, and he's portrayed, you know, all right on TV on Titans. Uh, Brandon, yeah, yeah I think he's pretty good at it. 
Yeah, he's pretty good. The last couple episodes have been pretty crap. So, wow. Yeah. The first season, the first season of Titans was an amazing rehabilitation of the Dick Grayson character. Yeah. Because we'd only ever seen him live action as, you know, (laughs) Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell. He's much better than Chris O'Donnell. So, or Bird Bird Ward. (laughs) Speaking of, uh, I don't know, the Crisis on Infinite Nerd. I'm (laughs) like, that's going to be awesome. Uh, Bird Ward's going back. I cannot wait to see that because it's going to have so many of them. Like, I'm just, that's going to be. Yeah. But if anyone wants to, look into uh, the Dick Grayson character as an actual good character. Check out his storyline where he turns into Nightwing or his Agent Grayson um, book, which is both really, really good. Um, So let's go off of the... Let's let's continue on the the villain train and talk about who his greatest villain is. Or at least who your favorite villain is in the Batman Batman mythos. Hawk, go with, I'm going with you first. Oh my God. It's hard to think of one that's greater than you know who. Uh, you can say the Joker. That's fine. A lot of people love the Joker. As far as greatest, we're going to go greatest. My, I said favorite. Your favorite. favorite. My favorite. Uh, again. Um, I'll take, I'll go, I'll go a little left center. I'll say Deacon Blackfire from the cult, from the cult, as I referenced earlier. Um, he was a, it was a weird character. It was a dark storyline, and there it, there was a point where he broke the Batman, you know, which is oh. something you know, right down to the, right down to the core of Batman. He broke him. Hmm. What didn't seem interested in the Bruce Wayne though. Um, no. The storyline involves a guy named Deacon Blackfire, and that and the disappearance of a number of homeless people around Gotham. That and Batman goes on the investigation to find out that the homeless people uh, have turned into some sort of cult that's dwelling in the sewers under the leadership and uh, pharmacological control of a guy called Deacon Blackfire. Uh, Batman is captured and Batman is given the same treatment and that and eventually becomes a disciple. Hmm. Very uh, neat. Yeah, it, makes it, him a, a very unique character, very scary. Out. It was a character so cool they brought it back into the, uh, the Arkham League game. Yeah, you know, I, oh, the Arkham uh, game. No, yeah, I remember the reference quest. to him. Yeah, he's actually a full side quest. You have to seek it out, but it's actually a full side quest where you actually have to confront him. It was a very cool bit. Nice, yeah. nice, Matt. Who's cool. your favorite uh, villain of the Batman? I have three, and I have three <laughs> because I'm greedy, and I'm gonna take. It. I don't care because he's got son of a bitch. <laughs> go, uh, go for it. My primary is, as I know everyone's going to yell at me for this, my primary is always the Riddler. I'm fine with that. I love the Riddler. Oh, yeah. I think he's a great character. Um, he's, he's, he's grossly underrated. He is one of very few of Batman's villains that have actually figured out who Batman is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and no, has that knowledge, retains it, and can do nothing with it. Mm. Which for me was yeah. always one of my favorite bits. Which then, of course, ties into... Uh, my number two, which is Hush. Yeah, great. great character. Great um, shadow of Batman. You can't have Hush without the Riddler. That's uh, right. Did you see the Hush movie? I did not, no. Okay, it's, good. Don't was, watch it. I, I had heard mixed <laughs> things about it, so I thought I, I, I have the comics. I, will, I love those. <laughs> the comic is wonderful. Yes, yeah, is. don't watch the movie. <laughs> um, and, and my number three, again, because it ties in with this, is Holiday. I'm not familiar with that uh, villain. Long Halloween. Oh, that okay, yeah, Never yeah, mind. like dude, the villain from the Long Halloween, <laughs> uh, the Holiday Killer, uh, which again is one, and I'm that's why I was very excited when I heard that they were using that as the basis for the Batman movie because I'm, it is, yeah. it is one of my it is one of my favorite Batman arcs. The low run of mm-hmm. on Batman is one of my favorite runs. Yeah, 
Uh, just because, again, it's one of those that introduces, it, it creates Two-Face. It introduces the rogues gallery in a way that had not really been portrayed concretely and adds a lot of darkness to it. There's a lot of death in that series. In that yeah. series. I loved that when, um, in victory as well too, which is the second part of it. Yeah. I, in uh, Arkham Asylum, the first game, they, mm. when they did that whole side quest with the holiday killer um, yes. was such a good, a good little Easter egg and something yeah. you also had to seek out. Um, yeah. I was, yeah. For some odd reason, I never connected Holiday and then the Holiday Killer together. Yeah, uh, I don't know why. Anyway. Same guy. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, let's see. Let's hear who your favorite one is. Obviously, the Joker. Um, Batman just kind of has the best rogues gallery, and uh, yeah. I, I don't really have any particular favorites behind the Joker. I like that. In, like I can rank. I mean, I love the Riddler. Um, I love Penguin. I love Two Face. I love Scarecrow. Uh, Bane. Um, Hugo Strange. Yeah. Um, Strange is a great character, yeah. Uh, I think Catwoman, while not a true antagonist all the time, is very important. Mm. So, uh, to just to the character of Batman and the relationship between the two is, is something that I think is really good, and there's a lot there. So, yeah. But it's the f- Joker, let's be honest. Yeah. It's the yin and the yang. They are each other's equal and opposite number. Mm. Mm-hmm. the the play the play between Batman and the Joker in the Lego Batman movie is the oh. perfect relationship <laughs> <laughs> between the bad guy. I am fighting a few different people right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so funny. Um, we're gonna take a pin on the Joker because we're gonna talk about the, the movie that recently came on, uh, came out. So, pin, uh, Gus, how about you? Any favorite uh, people we haven't even oh. talked about yet? Well, I'll say my favorite portrayal of a quote-unquote villain has to be Catwoman from Batman Returns. Because nice. let me tell you, I had Michelle Pfeiffer pinned on my walls <laughs> <laughs> all through high school and university. Like, I just... She still to this day is like, you know, I could still picture her in that outfit. Uh, so, yeah, she released an Instagram <laughs> post not too long ago of her and a whip. And she was like, I still got it. And she was doing all of her work, work. And I was like, damn, that's amazing. You know, but I mean, I always, I always liked that there was an interest that could be, I don't know how to explain it, that could be a little different and still kind of playing off of, you know, that sexual tension. And, and, and you know, I just always thought she was kind of a good sort of foil for him. Like she, like so. she was literally like Bruce's flirtation with the dark side. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's that like, yeah, I'm going to be a little, you know, <laughs> play it a little dirty today. <laughs> right. And sorry, Nick. No, it, it's just interesting. that She's such a great Catwoman in Batman returns while simultaneously getting past the fact that she was a bullshit Lena Kyle. And that's not Michelle Pfeiffer's yeah. problem. No, that's yeah. just, they, they made up a no, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, agreed. So my 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 favorite uh, villain is not actually just one villain. It's sort of a group of them, and it's the Court of Owls. Yeah, um, they came out in the early 2010s, or I think early 2011. Um, mm. And basically, it was the secret society that's sort of running Gotham, and it sort of got underneath Bruce's skin because it was something that he never heard about and something that he couldn't really control because. They were the undercurrent of Gotham's um, badness, I guess. They, they'd been running mm-hmm. the city for, God knows, 
for decades and decades or hundreds of years. I think it was from the forming of Gotham is when mm-hmm. the, the founding fathers started. And actually his family was part of the Court of the Owls, which is interesting. They also have assassins called Talons, which are amazing yeah. like, resurrected soldiers. Um, so if you haven't read that Snyder uh, series, definitely check it out. Let's, let's pull that pin out and talk about the Joker. Again, Todd Phillips released uh, his film, The Joker, starring Joaquin Phoenix as the titular character. Has everyone seen it here? Yes. 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 I saw it before any of you. You oh, did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, yeah, yeah. Don't run <laughs> you went to Tiff and Sod, right? Yeah. And I still had to line up for an hour and a half. Good Lord. How is that? That's crazy. Just because just uh, film festivals are a little bit different. How was the reception after that film, uh, after you saw the film there? Well, it got a nine-minute standing ovation in Venice, where it won the Golden Lion. Uh, the theater was just uh, decidedly different. It was very quiet, and then a few claps, and then a lot of murmurs as people were filing uh, out, uh, which might be a more apt reaction to a film that dark. Yeah. But <laughs> it was it was talked about a lot. It was yeah. you know there, there was a bit, everyone was there. There were only two. Uh, press screenings and they were both at the same time in two separate screens but yeah it was the big one it was it was the big one everybody wanted to see yeah matt uh, i know you have a lot of thoughts on this film <laughs> i have a feeling um, that matt shares a lot of thoughts that i have yeah <laughs> um i think joaquin phoenix did a phenomenal jar job playing arthur fleck yep but i will put a pin on that with the not my joker yep he did it it was a phenomenal character it was not the joker it was a joker Mm. but that being said it was never meant to be the joker and they made it clear this is not linked to any dc dc you know dc cinematic universe it's not going to tie in with anything else it as a standalone movie standalone movie uh (laughs) There are air quotes for those who don't see the podcast. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It it was a phenomenal movie. Uh, I think the, I think the movie, you could definitely see the influences um, that it was never referenced, you know, Taxi Driver and The Last King of Comedy. You could see those influences running throughout the whole thing. I found, and I'm going to try to word this very carefully because I don't want to create a lot of contention on this. Hmm. I, because I, I, I wait, I didn't see the movie when it came out. I waited a, a bit before I saw it because uh, I wanted to kind of gauge what the general reaction of it was. Because I knew, like, I remember Nick, you and I had spoken about it and you, you had said very clearly, you know, not my, you know, not my Joker. And I was very intrigued to see what you meant by that. And I wanted to see how contentious it got. And I was also following a lot of the other press around it where, you know, like the, the U.S. Army had been put on notice because they were worried about there being incidents based around this movie. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, okay, well, given what I kind of knew sort of was going on with it, I was like, that's quite a possibility. And the nonsense with the Dark Knight, uh, sure, it could happen. Um, I watched the movie, and I watched the movie with that little nugget of information in my head. And I found it to be a lot of whether it was founded um, concern or not, I found it to be kind of blown out of proportion. Mm-hmm. It was a very good movie. Um, I don't think it was going to incite 
incel riots going through the streets <laughs> for for the content of it. I think it definitely dealt with a, a, a that story in a way that was very beautifully crafted for creating a again a, a character that as much as you know and all of us as well we all it's a character that people love but he's not a character you're supposed to love like joker in any iteration is not supposed to be a character that you like you can love the performance but you're not supposed to like the character he's not supposed to be a good person and i think mm. that's that's the part that always kind of gets me when people talk about especially the character like the joker you know, it goes in, I mean, hand in hand with, you know, I want a relationship like the Joker and Harley. No, you freaking don't. I hate when I see that. It air, it irritates me because he's not a good character. He's not a nice character. He's not a character anyone should ever want to. Sorry, sorry. Can we go back on that? Do people actually yeah. say this? Yes, it's a thing. It, it was a thing for a very... It's like a meme that you'll see pop up. It'll be a picture of Harley Quinn and the Joker. And it's like, find somebody who's crazy matches your crazy. It's like, no, don't. But Dude, no, 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 you no, don't. That, that's, that. that's, a, that's a bad abusive relationship. You <laughs> yeah. know, yes, it is. It's horrendous. Sorry, Matt, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I was going to, I was just going to wrap up my thoughts. Cause again, I was trying to not get heated about it. Cause it did. It really did irritate with me, me a lot that they were so much concern about this movie where in like, I'm going to use, you know what? I'm going to use a Ben Affleck quote on this. Cause I think it's the best way to do it. They're fictional characters. No. <laughs> fictional <Nice>. characters <laughs> and i i sincerely and I'll, I'll get off my soapbox in a half second i do sincerely wish though that especially when it came to characters like this people would remember that they are meant to be broad stroke fictional characters yeah i remember i remember talking to you about this and i was like and you're like i think it's dying down i'm like the cbc just did an hour special on on this yeah. and, which was really surprising and, and I mean, and this is that part of what bothered me is that I'm like, if it weren't for the fact that I knew that there was a potential that could happen, I'd be like, this is a really, really questionable marketing tactic because it certainly got everyone's attention that they were worried about this, you know, potential incel violence. I work at a Cineplex and our manager came out and like, we didn't get extra security, but he's like, just have some heightened awareness, keep an eye out, whatever. Um. So Matt and I did talk about this after I saw it at TIFF. And I, I wrote a review at TIFF, and I mentioned it there. Um, Joker is a great movie. It's an exceptionally well-made movie. Joaquin Phoenix delivers a performance that is guaranteed to get him an Oscar nomination for Best Actor. He's probably likely to win, which I don't like, and that's not because of an issue I have with the movie. I just don't think he gave the best performance of the year. But I was for a while drafting an article for the site I write for why Arthur Fleck is hashtagging not my Joker. And I ultimately decided not to publish it because I just couldn't figure out a way to not make it sound like nitpicky whining that was just clickbait to piss people off. But I'm opening the draft right now. And I had 10 reasons why this guy is not the Joker. But again, the film in and of itself is a success and it succeeds in every way that it intended to. Um, it's interesting that the DC logo does not show up anywhere in those trailers of that opening, uh, the opening credits or anything, but in order of like least significance or importance to most importance, like these are 10 reasons why he's not the Joker. First of all, he doesn't wear purple, which pisses me off. Um, <laughs> he's nine, he's got a red nose. Uh, you know, I know his name. 
everyone in Gotham knows his name. He's 30 years older than Batman. Arthur Fleck is not a genius. If you looked at Heath Ledger's Joker, he orchestrated schemes that got the best of the entire Gotham City Police Department and Batman. Arthur Fleck is just an ostracized, mentally unstable loser who snapped. Um, I rewatched the ending uh, when I was at work one time when he's on the talk show with De Niro, and this is a big one. He is full of self-pity. The Joker is not full of self-pity, or not supposed to be. Um, and also Arthur Fleck is a sympathetic character and you're not supposed to feel bad for the Joker. And you know what? He's the protagonist of the story. Again, a lot of these things make him antithetical to the idea of what the Joker is. Ultimately, this, this doesn't matter. No one gives a shit what my opinion is on whether or not he's actually the Joker. Moreover, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's performance does not surpass Heath Ledger's. Uh, a lot of people are saying that it does and it just doesn't. But he's great in it, and it's a really good movie, and everybody should see it. I, I mean, everybody like over the should see it. Don't judge me. He loved it. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. It's a comic book movie that yeah. is not a comic. Exactly. Movie. I think they did a really good job of showing um, how mental illness is really a big mm. issue and how yeah. people need to start taking mm. it seriously or more seriously than maybe yeah. they are now. It was a great, yeah. great flick. But again, I agree with you that it's not the Joker. You don't, the whole idea is you don't know who he is. He's just that yeah. guy. He's, he's just, he's, he's an evil genius. Yeah. Like there's just no, and, and Arthur Fleck is not yeah. that you're completely right. He's just, and, and, and can I can I can I yeah. ask everyone here a question? When you first saw the trailer for Joker and you saw that Arthur Fleck lived with his mom, did you all have the same reaction as me? Oh, I wonder yeah. what happens to yeah, me. No. Oh, oh, yeah. That didn't even cross my mind. I knew that was gonna <laughs> see <laughs> whatever. Yeah. See, my first thought was psycho. I just figured he's he's like literally, yeah. you know, this is the guy that's yeah. leading into yeah. psycho, right? Norman Bates. I I, I I can compartmentalize this in my head that it's like Joker, Todd Phillips' Joker exists yes. in an alternate universe. It's like, you know, it's one of those what yeah. if stories yeah. and, and that's fine. And I'm a champion of the idea you can have one-offs and you can have like movies being released during the same time periods that don't have to share continuity and whatever. So, you know, it's um, yeah. it's a great movie. It's disturbing. It's fun. Yeah. It was well executed. And, you know, you could definitely see that Todd Phillips was trying to make yeah. a mind. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Hawk, any thoughts on the, the Joker film? Uh, a couple going off of uh, what Gus was saying in that. Yeah, largely it's about mental illness. Um, yeah. My sister is a, a social worker in a, a psych hospital and that. Yeah. And she forwarded me this article a guy had written after the movie and that. And, uh, you know, who said like, you know, it's the best depiction of, you know, not only mental illness, but the best, the, the way mental illness is treated in society. And in the case of the Joker, how it wasn't treated in that. Yeah. You know, I hate to say some of the standards that, you know, that you see in the movie as regards to people getting, you know, medication and mm -hmm. psychiatric dispensation, they haven't changed much. Um, I love the setting of the movie in that in the early 80s. I'm guessing late 70s, early 80s in that. But yeah. it, it, 80, 
81, 82, yeah. I believe. Yeah, but it, it resembles New York in that that time before Giuliani. No, yeah. Up in that before yeah. he killed all the bumps. Right. Yeah. The garbage strikes and that that left, you know, it, that left like you know piles of garbage in the street yeah. and that. Yeah. So it was a kind of perfect metaphor about Arthur and that mm-hmm. and the way that you know the mentally ill were treated. You know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and we say about him being a, a sympathetic character in that. There's always a duality between like about people who, you know who commit violent acts and that you can feel sorry for the kid that they were, yeah. uh, while abhorring that the monster that they are right now. Yeah, you know, you know, and in that way, you know, it, you know, you can safely view the Joker in that without having to feel sorry for him. As far as my Joker in that. You know what? I'll since the Joker himself is pretty much like kind of a like a fable at this point. We don't know yeah. exactly who he is. Not he could have been anybody in that. Yeah. Um. So in this way, it, it was as good a telling of the Joker's origin story as anything. Yeah. Um. I also want to note uh the the uh the final act of the movie. I don't really want to give it away here on that, but yeah. uh also closely mirrored the uh, the uh, portrayal of the Joker in uh. The Dark Knight Returns when he yeah. went on the mm-hmm. talk show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought the, I thought the movie was nice. It, yeah, again, I'm with these guys. Not my Joker, but I did enjoy the the film immensely. Um, I thought the themes are really cool and whatnot. Um, I really didn't like like Nick said um, the the whole Arthur Fleck thing. There's there's some things that bugged me about the film, like him being introduced as Joker sort of bothered me. Uh-huh. Them fully going into the Bat universe, I guess. I thought they were just gonna leave it up to the side. Like that, I don't think they were gonna. That, that and, that's what uh, angered me the most about it is when they've made such a to do about how it's not gonna be connected into the universe, and it wasn't right up until it became so intrinsically linked to the DC universe. Yeah, like it's one thing I, if I you see if you have yeah. the Waynes and Alfred as as like they're there, or even even with the one plot story was fine when the riot what happened with the riot infuriated yeah. me yeah so spoilers. I hate what they did to thomas wayne yes. i really don't like yeah. the characterization of thomas wayne yeah he was he was really quite horrible Not a doctor in the film. And an asshole. Yeah. yeah um spoilers for the next couple minutes i really did not like that uh, the Waynes died in that. That's what like, I, the way they that's died. That's what angered me. I'm just that. gonna say because I knew yeah. you wanted to. Yeah. You, you mentioned it, and we talked about. I it was before. trying to yeah. not um, to, to say, but like, no. I'm yeah. gonna do go straight into that spoiler. Yeah. Um, the it seems so inconsequential. Like it seemed like they're just there to kill him. I was like, what? I audibly made this sound in the theater at TIFF when I saw the Waynes coming out of the theater. I was like, oh, that's what. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, they just. I, I was like, you know, I'm either in or I'm out. Just for me, it, it bothered me so much because I mean, like, it's again, if you're creating this unique and alternate origin story, fine, that's cool. As soon as that happened, I'm like, that's going to definitively change the the whole course of Bruce Wayne, where it's not mm-hmm. like he's going to be like, I'm going up against crime. He has an intrinsic hatred of fucking clowns at that point in time. Like, it's not like he stumbled into yeah. Joker as a nemesis. He has a vendetta at that point in time. If you followed the natural yeah. progression of the story, so you've now rewritten yeah. canon as opposed to just kind of making it as an alternate history, which is why, again, it's the, it's not my Joker because it can't be because he's, it's yeah. changed the course of yeah. the lore, mm-hmm. which, and again, I'm fine with that, but that for me is what made that movie in its own corner. 
where it yeah. can't be linked yeah. to anything else because it has to be now an alternate yeah. history. I just think I feel like that end piece was just more of a throw in of like, we really have to kind of give service to the origin story because for some reason, and I think one of the biggest downfalls for most of these movies is they go back and revisit the origin Mm -hmm. story all the time. And you don't know, you don't like everybody knows his parents were killed. It's like Spider-Man. Everybody knows he got bitten by a frigging bug. Like, don't tell me the story every single time. Yeah, we get it and appreciate that the fan base gets it. We'll we will, you know, follow because we understand yeah. it because we've already read the books. We've already seen all the eight thousand mm-hmm. other versions of this storyline, yeah. right? Just yeah. give me. Yeah. That's why I appreciated the the Marvel um, Spider Man movies the most. It's just because they didn't go they didn't over do that, it again, the Uncle yeah. Ben thing, and yeah. just reiterating exactly. it and throwing it in our face. Yeah, well, that's the thing is, as soon as you put the origin story, and then it's not a Joker movie. It's a, it's another, it's another Batman movie. It's just it's not focusing on Batman yeah. this time, and that again just yeah. it, it irritated me and it was unnecessary. Yeah, the Joker movie. Uh, you know, there, there's lots of different opinions about it. I still think it's a good movie. It's, it's 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 definitely one that you should watch. Form an opinion. It's one of the best movies of the year. Yeah. No, it's I, I again, it's a great movie. Just it's not. I I had my qualms, but it was a beautiful movie to watch. Yeah. I would I would love to hear what our listeners think. So definitely send us an email, contact us on Twitter, whatnot. Um, let's talk about our favorite Joker portrayals. There's been so many different ones in you know animated or live action or you know mm-hmm. those are pretty much the two and the you know audio drops what are your favorites let's start with uh hawk go uh favorite probably in the recently uh joker in arkham asylum you know nice so yeah. so mark okay. hamill uh, mark yeah. hamill was hamill is yeah. his portrayal is, is fantastic wait wait are, are you saying his portrayal of the joker in the arkham asylum trilogy? uh as far as like him uh as far as the yeah, as far as recent storylines involving the Joker and that, that was probably my favorite. In that um, yeah, I I did not like the the shooting himself with venom storyline all through that weird. <laughs> joke, I know, joke. but it was it, it was that it was that Batman story that amalgamated everything, including like you know, you know the super not supernatural, but you know yeah, the, yeah super heroic uh, aspects and that. So yeah. him doing that, you know, and having to fight and fight and beat him at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Oh, yeah. about you, Gus. Mark Hamill. Yeah. I think his just, I, I can't, again, you close your eyes. That's all you can picture. I mean, yeah. I think Heath Ledger knocked it out of the park, but I just, to me, Mark Hamill is the guy. Yeah. Same for me. Mark Hamill voice. Uh, I think Heath Ledger, uh, my favorite live action. Uh, yeah. Matt Moore. Um, you know me, I gotta be contentious. Um, I loves me some Mark Hamill and he will forever be the voice of the Joker without, without fail. Um, I liked Ledger. I liked I liked the the Joker that he portrayed. If you want to go for, in my opinion, a more pure, just by the numbers Joker, you got to go Nicholson. Hmm, interesting. Oh, yeah. As, yeah, as I just you were as, as Cesar Romero. <laughs> no, no, but as a, just a, as a pure by the numbers Joker, as a pure just standalone arc, mm-hmm. Nicholson's kind of was sort of the high watermark for a very long time, mm-hmm. and everyone kind of based their portrayals off either. Um, improving upon that or going the opposite of that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And everyone does like to dance with the devil. Um, yeah. Nick, what about you? I think that every actor who has portrayed the Joker was sort of perfect for the property they appeared in. Yeah. Um, 
you know, for for a campy '66 William Dozier Batman show, uh, you know, he should have shaved the mustache. But Susan <laughs> Romero was, you know, oh look, he's the dynamic Thunderheads, and you know, he was the first guy to give the Joker a laugh. Um, I think Jack Nicholson made perfect sense in 1988, 1989, and and yeah, I agree a lot with what Matt said. Uh, I think he was. A great Joker, and um, my favorite thing that he ever said in that movie is after Batman sweeps in, says, "Where does he get those wonderful toys?" Which then <laughs> Batman begins spent two hours explaining. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, Heath Ledger was, uh, you know, a complete force of destruction, just a balls to the wall psycho, psycho terrorist Joker, and. He summed up um, he summed up the relationship between Batman and the Joker perfectly when he was hanging upside down. This lot happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. I think you and I are destined to do this forever. Um, so, as far as like the movies and, and more modern stuff, I think he he's he set the bar. Walking uh, Phoenix was great as Arthur Fleck. Um, you know, I'm not even gonna. Talk, I'm not even gonna talk Jared Leto. I think it's sad that he didn't really get a chance to stretch his legs. Oh no, well, go ahead and talk Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, Mark Hamill again. Yeah, I think each of them was sort of perfect for the world that they inhabited. Mm-hmm. And and I gotta give props to Cameron Monaghan on Gotham for playing. Yes. The- yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I never watched, as I said earlier, Gotham. How? I read your article about the Joker and yeah. it really interested, like it intrigued me how that evolution of that character. Monaghan did an absolutely phenomenal job of, I mean, they spent three seasons giving you a complete fake out as to whether or not this kid was Joker. And, and it turned into very much a, as much as it became an origin for Bruce Wayne, it became an origin for the Joker too. And, up until the last episode, he did a phenomenal job with that character. And the, la- the last episode where he did the time jump ahead, I was disappointed with, but I was only disappointed because aesthetically it didn't work for me. Yeah, I agree. Cameron Monaghan got to do several performances as the Joker throughout yeah. that run. And, you know, he there were a lot of homages to different comic book Jokers and yeah. everything. It's funny, he encompassed sort of everything about the Joker without ever actually being the Joker. It was really yeah. fascinating. The kid was great. Like, he, he's a great actor. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to give shouts out, shout outs, shout outs yeah. to Troy Baker as the Joker. Yep. Um, he did a phenomenal Mark Hamill impersonation. And oh, no, sorry, go for it. Yeah, I was I don't understand. Why hasn't he showed up yet? He knows the routine. I stir up trouble. He comes along. We have a few laughs. And the whole game starts all over again. <laughs> very, very good. I'm also going to give a shout out to Michael Emerson, who played the Joker in The Dark Knight Returns, the animated movies. Yeah. Um, so he was very good, and then Guy, sorry, go ahead. And then obviously Zach Galifianakis from the Lego Batman movie, yeah, absolutely, who is wonderful in that role. Yeah, the guy who did him in Under the Red Hood was also really great. Mm-hmm. Who does I don't know the name of the actor, but in that anime, oh, John DiMaggio. Yeah, John uh, DiMaggio. Um, yes. Yeah. Very good. He was under like I remember when that came out, people did not like his Joker because it was more gruff. And angry. I'm gonna need some guys. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was great. And seeing that uh, that explosion at the beginning of the movie was 
Ooh, quite painful. Yeah. Um, so let's, because we are a parenting podcast, um, mm-hmm. and there's some people that have never been into Batman. I know people that don't like Batman for some reason. I'm not really friends with them. Anyway, <laughs> if there's someone who doesn't know Batman, is there a storyline or a medium where you would uh, introduce them? Like, is there a storyline in particular that you would introduce to this kid or adult? Matt Moore, let's go with you. You you seem ready. You know, um, f- for me, and this is quite sincerely, especially if you're trying to get a, a kid in at the ground level just to get their interest, you really cannot go too wrong with um, the Adam West TV series. Just from yeah. a pure accessibility, because it's designed to be a family show. Yeah. It's, there's nothing questionable about it. It's just silly, campy fun. Mm-hmm. But if you can, if, a, if you, your kid's into that and they really dig that, you can be like, this is this, but here's all this other material <laughs> and branch into if they really enjoy it and they like it. It gives you such a wide cross-section of the rogues gallery with some pretty iconic portrayals. Yeah. Um, and then again, if you get into that, you can then explore all the other material. Um, is there a story in particular or an episode or the movie that you would I, I would honestly say the movie's probably the easiest way to introduce because it kind of covers all the bases. If you've never even seen the show, you can watch the movie and you get the core villains that, I mean, even a kid will have probably heard about at some point in time. They'll be able to understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just good, good old fashioned family fun. Yeah. What about you, Nick? Uh, um, I, I, I definitely agree with Matt uh, on that. Um, and, you know, for, for small children or for adults who've been smoking pot, um, <laughs> Totally. Uh, I think if, as far as like, if you want to sit down and, and, and one serving and if you want something serious and earnest, Batman begins. Yeah. Um, and I will never have enough good things to say about the Lego Batman. Movie. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Uh, if what you about want you? just like an absolute love letter to the character of Batman and just a rollicking good time. Lego Batman is the way to go. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Hawk? Oh, uh, for introducing to kids. Um, yeah, the original series is a good jumping off point. It got me all hooked into it. Yeah. Um, for more adult kids, not I probably go with some of the some choices in the animated field and that, like re, as of recently in that. So there've been some excellent movies in that featuring the Batman character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Um, oh, I just watched that one recently in that. The one with Constantine. Uh, Justice, uh, Justice League Dark. Dark. Yeah, Justice League Dark. You know, yeah, Batman so on, yeah, on, on Netflix right now, yes. Yeah, so check that out. Um, yeah. Um, I'd say start kids off with an animated version of Batman first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Gus? For kids to start, I don't know. I think uh, the animated series is probably a good starting point. I mean, it's, it's dark enough for the sort of older, you know, 10 to... 13 Mm -hmm. to kind of get it um lego movie obviously is another good jumping off point but i think uh even book wise i think that batman year year uh, one is probably a good starting point right yeah um it gets the kids kind of to understand it a bit Mm. if you've never seen anything batman and you're over 14 i think you've let a very failed your, ch- your child absolutely <laughs> and just you know you pack it in. this child pack it in just you know yeah. 
it's time for you to, I don't know, eat crayons and do something else. I don't know. <laughs> I, th- I think, um, the, like, like everyone has said, the, the animated series really good, especially Heart of Ice. If you want one story yeah. from the, mm. oh, the animated yeah. series, the Hush episode is really good too, where there's like mm-hmm. absolutely no sound, which really just freaks yeah. you out. Mm-hmm. I but I think Heart of Ice is just yeah. a beautiful story. Like, uh-huh. I think parents would appreciate that. In even yeah. ones that don't like Batman, um, I think Nick nailed it with the Lego. Batman movie that is the perfect <laughs> the perfect yeah. introduction to yeah. to anyone into Batman it's such a it is a love letter like all the characters and all the campiness and all the fun yeah it was exactly yeah it, it, it was a love letter to the character and then much in the same way that into the Spider-Verse did it for Spider-Man yeah, yeah. totally no, very agree. much so yeah um, if you haven't seen the 66 animated movies, those are also quite good. Oh, yeah. Oh. Return of the Cape Crusaders. Yeah. yeah. So those those are fun, fun movies. And again, a love letter to Adam West and that whole era of Batman. Absolutely. So let's throw it out to the, the listeners. Um, what would you listen? What would you um, read or watch to get someone into Batman? Send us an email. Contact us on our socials. That's all at the end in our crawl thank you nick thank you gus thank you matt Thanks, and guys. hawk is there anything you guys wanted to pimp out before we go anything you're not doing any shows anymore matt right no uh, i'm i'm on a, a theater hiatus for the next little bit just so i can you know get acclimatized <laughs> to new jobs and all that fun stuff Fair. to work yeah <laughs> uh, hawk uh you're, you're gonna just pimp a uh, death stranding i don't want pretty talk much to yeah uh, <laughs> nick anything just, coming on your way well, uh, yeah, like I'm always writing stuff for the website. Uh, we're in a geeks environment here, so like big one that got thrown at me is I was told to uh, take the entire Infinity Saga uh, from Iron Man to Endgame and rank all 23 films, and that's a big. Uh, I'm not just putting them in order; I'm doing like a write up on each of them. Oof. So that's something I'm working on. Uh, a magnum opus, one might say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, something guaranteed to piss some people off, no matter how <laughs> I uh, list it. Um, I've uh, There's a lot of stuff on Joker and uh, Batman revisiting Dark Knight on our website. We're always uh, exploring that kind of stuff. And I guess we're just gearing up for Oscar season right now. Um, Netflix is a big, big contender this year. They knocked it out of the park at TIFF. Um, they've got some big, big movies that are going to be big awards contenders. Uh, so nice. the landscape is changing when it comes to cinema. Um, you know, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about uh, Matt Reeves, the Batman, but it's great to see mm-hmm. thing. And, uh, you know, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem, man. Um, yeah, nothing for me. Same old, same old <laughs> podcasting and whatnot. Um, thank you for listening. We will see you guys soon. Yeah. Have a good night, everyone, or day. Bye. 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 Well, that's it for us this week on Geeks with Kids. If you want to get a hold of us, you can send us an email at podcast at geekswithkids.ca. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekswithkids. Follow us on Twitter at geekswithkidstn. Check out our pics on Instagram at geekswithkids. And you can find all of this good stuff on our website at www.geekswithkids.ca. So if you like what you hear, why don't you hit that subscribe button and leave us a comment. This podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, and your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.